In today's episode, we have Tina Dahman with us, and she is going to talk about using organic traffic strategies on Facebook to scale your online business. You will also get to hear why you should start by validating your course topic before creating it, how to use your Facebook profile to generate unending traffic, and powerful software that turns your Facebook account into a CRM. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter Podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. We have Tina Dahman with us, who is an online business coach for coaches, and uh, she's the owner and CEO of Dahman Consulting. And I've had the pleasure of uh, talking with her in the past, an expert in organic and Facebook and a bunch of really cool things. And I'm excited to have her on the show. Uh, how are you doing today, Tina? Amazing. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, we've got to talk in the past. I've got to see some of the things that you're doing. Um, I, of course, scoped out your website and your profile and all the amazing things that you are creating. But let's go ahead and start at the beginning. So um, how did you get into online business? What, what were you doing before this? And then how did you transition into coaching and consulting and helping others? So I got into the online world 2014. And that was uh, because I was working in Australia. So I'm originally from Germany and I was working over in Australia at the travel agency and I wanted to travel even more. So I'm a digital nomad and I've been traveling around the world uh, for about 12 years now, which is amazing because my business allows me to do so. And that's also a little bit my vision and my uh, mission to help people to do the same, right? So I was stuck in the job in the travel agency in Sydney and I thought, I really want to travel. So I convinced them that I can start my own business under their umbrella and take it online. So that was really new. Like the term digital nomad wasn't even a term back then. And it was like, oh my God, this person has a website and their own branding and our own agency and things like that. So um, it was called Take a Trip with Tina and I sold basically uh, tours online and while traveling around the globe. Yeah. So that's 2014 when I got first into the online marketing world of things. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Very cool. And that business, you said it was tours online. So um, what exactly were you doing? Were you setting up tours for other people or what did that look like? I was just selling those, marketing those online. I did not create the actual tours. So I was an agent, a travel agent. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So you're, you're learning, uh, well, you're using marketing, you're learning about marketing, and then you're using those to sell those tours for others. And I guess that's where you really got your expertise and marketing from. Definitely over the years. Right. Yeah. You, you just build one online business after the other. And that's like basically the main thing you need to know. You need to master, right? If you run an online business, it's online. I mean, any kind of business, even offline businesses, you need to master marketing and sales. Without marketing and sales, you're not in business. So it's obviously a little bit different offline than it's online. So you can do different things. But yeah, uh, any kind of business, you should really learn and master sales and marketing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why I'm really excited to have you on the show today is because, um, you know, a lot of people listening are into creating an online course, or maybe they're an expert in their field, and they know how to do their expertise, but the marketing side might not come naturally for them. So hopefully in this episode, we can kind of help those people out and guide them into some ways that we can teach them about marketing and some things that they can use. So where did it go from there? So back in uh, 2014, you started this business. Um, you're able to start traveling and and doing this tour uh, business that you have. How did that transition into the coaching side? I moved to different places, did different things. And oh, yes, because I created my own online course, um, and which was an epic fail. <laughs> so that's how it all started, actually. Um, I created an online course for girls, a self-defense course um, for solo female travelers, right? Because I was obviously a solo female traveler and I saw the need and, and things like that. Uh, I made the number one mistake, which most course creators make out there, which is they create the course before they sell it, right? That's why I teach today to my students to sell the courses and their coaching packages before they actually create it. Because I made such an expensive mistake. Like I flew back to Australia, um, you know, to see my jiu-jitsu teacher and to hire different places, to hire a camera crew, an editor. And we drove around Perth and filmed the whole thing. And before I even saw the single copy, that was like so not wise. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm doing, clearly, right? But you know how it is. Sometimes you just think, oh, I'll just do it and see what happens, which is so wrong. Most, most course creators do it that way. And then they end up never selling a single copy, right? So that's how that really started. I had no idea about launching or about Facebook marketing or about um, really ha like you know warming up an audience and stuff when you first create something like you gotta put it out there first like there's different coaches and course creators and things out there people out there who say oh don't do launches but for the beginners you gotta launch at some point right you gotta get your product out there so you can't get around it and I failed epically in that and then I made it my mission to learn it you know to um, to just really master it and that's what I teach now uh, launching uh, helping people to launch their courses and coaching packages. Yeah. So you, you learn from your mistakes and hopefully, you know, I can help many people to not do the same mistake as I did because, you know, can you imagine how expensive that was? You know, the flights and the accommodation and the film crew and the editing and all of it. Yeah. And then, and then the amount of time that you're spending doing all of that, you know, has its own cost. And I'm glad that you said this is one of the number one biggest mistakes because after interviewing dozens of people on this podcast, um, this is probably the mistake that I hear most people make. And most people say that they made was having this idea because again, you know, you're an expert or you have something that you want to teach that you're excited about and you spend all this time creating it. Um, never once finding that audience, finding that market, asking questions and, and figuring out what they need so that you can serve that. So um, just diving into that a little bit deeper, um, for the person who's kind of starting out listening to this podcast right now, what would you recommend that they do um, to, to start in this process of going about it the right way? Yeah. So you definitely want to validate your idea first. Like I truly believe everyone who's listening out there truly believe there's an online course within everyone. Every, every single person, every single person out there does have an online course within them. There is something you can teach to this world. 
what makes this world a better place, right? What changes someone else's life? There's someone wanting to learn from you. You just got to figure out what it is and then just make sure to validate the idea as well. So you want to make sure um, the market actually demands it. There's enough market demand for it so that you can be profitable, okay? So you want to make sure people are asking for it. You want to make sure you're not struggling and selling it. You want to make sure it's on demand, basically, before you, you know, to do any of launches or any, any creation or any, any, anything like that. Okay. And do you have any uh, tactics or strategies for validating that information? Let's say um, I had an idea for a course that I wanted to create. Uh, maybe it's, you know, playing the piano and I want to validate this idea before going forward and creating it. What would be some of those steps or what are some of the strategies you would use to validate that topic? Yeah, good question, Jeremy. So there's many different strategies, many different things you can do. And the key here is not to be caught up in one result out of one of these strategies. I'm going to mention a few in a minute. But uh, before I do, I want to just make that very clear that you, if you do that, you just want to get like a sense of sense for business in general, like an overview. Like, for example, you could go and do your research. Are there other people um, out there talking about this topic in Facebook groups? Are there communities about this topic? Are there um, books on Amazon about it? Are there podcasts about that? Other courses or coaching, right? Um, what does Google Trends say? What does KW Finder say? Um, all of these things. And again, key here is to really learn to get like, to, to see the overall um, pattern here. Like if there is only one book on Amazon about it, that doesn't mean your idea is not validated. It doesn't mean your idea, you know, is not worth to create it. So then just look at the other things and see what do the other results say. So the key is to have a bird's eye view over the whole topic, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And then what kind of um, metrics are you looking for? Are you looking for multiple books or multiple courses? Like what are some of the things that you should be looking for when you're going through and doing this research phase? Yeah, um, that really depends on the topic. And that really depends also on the location. If people have a specific demographic, um, there is no no one answer what I can give to you right now, which fits all. It really depends on the actual topic and the actual audience as well. So, um, yeah, that's all I can say about that. You would need to do some research, like, for example, if you do, what was your topic you wanted to create? Piano, right? Uh, yeah, let's say a piano course. So you would go and who's your audience for that? Let's say that it's, you know, people who uh, maybe in their 20s or 30s who've always had an interest in playing piano, but they never really learned it. And now they're beginners, but they want to start learning how to play. Yeah, so you would obviously then uh, try and figure out if this type of uh, target group is asking for that through questions on Facebook, through communities on Facebook is gold, worth gold for that. Um, and then key, keyword research as well. You can see exactly which type of country asks questions about how to play the piano and which age group and things like that. Okay, very cool. Um, so going out, trying to look for if there's questions, if there's uh, what kind of demographics you have, um, if there's a need for this information. Um, I know you mentioned a couple of different tools to do some research. Um, I'll go back and I'll listen and I'll link all those in the show notes. So if anyone wants to use those tools that Tina mentioned, we'll definitely put those in. Um, so 
we validate this topic idea and now it's getting to the point where, you know, say we want to create the course and we want to get that published. Um, I know that there are some people who create the, the course and they build the audience and then they launch it. And then I know there's the other people who um, do a pre-sale or a beta launch where they're kind of building that program um, with that audience as they create it. So what do, what are your opinions on that? Are, are you in the group where you feel like it's better to um, create uh, a beta program and pre-sell that course so that you can build it with the audience? Yes, absolutely. Because that's the only way how you can actually create a valuable product, right? Because you get, so your beta students are going to be your most valuable students you will ever have because they will give you feedback as you go along. If you just create that course beforehand and then you sell it on and then collect the feedback, that's just not efficient. That's not effective. And most people won't go back and create another course after that because they think, oh, it's done now. And they may have missed very valuable information what the audience was asking for. And also they may have just created something what the audience is not even asking for. So key here is also to not just overwhelm people with as much information as possible because, you know, that's a very mis a very uh, common misconception as well uh, that people think the more video lessons are in the course, the more valuable the course is. But that couldn't be further from the truth, actually, because nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks like, oh my God, I look forward today to watch 60 of Tina's Facebook marketing lessons <laughs> in order to get my entrance out. They would rather me to teach it for an hour and be there already. You know what I mean? So um, you cannot possibly build, in my opinion, possibly build a really good scalable product without running a beta round. Gotcha. Okay, very cool. And when you're doing a beta program, and you know, for anyone listening out there, you know, a beta program or pilot program is pretty much, um, you know, getting these students, as Tina mentioned, into the course and working with them, um, creating the initial product, and then later on, you can refine that product. When you're creating that with the students, do you like using pre-recorded videos and then presenting them to the to the students and getting feedback, or is this something that you're doing live with the students? Uh, you can do both, but if you do the pre-recorded, uh, there is different tactics you can use uh, to gather that information prior to recording. Again, otherwise, it would be the same spot, right? We would just create it and then present it. So we would always gather the information prior creating something, but also um, it's very popular to to present it while people are like presented live and then collect the feedback then good thing about that is you can just take notes like if you explain something a concept right and you have people asking questions about the same thing and they just don't get it you know that you didn't explain it well enough that you can just make a note on minute 20 you know and 25 seconds cut this and we record it explain it well enough while you're live and then just cut out that bit where where you didn't do, do a good job to explain it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So it's, you know, it's a constant refinement process. It's um, asking questions, finding out what they would like to learn, presenting that information, gathering the information and presenting it, as you mentioned, and then, you know, getting feedback from them on what they understood or didn't understand, and then changing things out to suit their needs, correct? Uh, yes, almost. And uh, not just not just what they would like to learn because they don't probably know all of that. Otherwise they wouldn't need you. Right. So it must be like a fine line between what you know they need to learn and what they want to learn. So the mix, it must be a mix out of those two because you know best as the expert, 
what they need to do in order to get to the end result, right? So give them what they want and what they need. Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it, all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. Okay, let's transition into some of the marketing and the traffic strategies because I know that uh, you're a master in organic marketing and Facebook and traffic and so forth. Um, so we've got this course, we've gone through this beta program, maybe we've sold some of them, and now we're ready to start scaling. And you know, one of the biggest issues that people run into once they get past that course creation phase is getting those leads and getting those students into the program. So if we could uh, take a moment to kind of hear your philosophy on how you leverage organic marketing and Facebook to get people into your course. Sure thing. Um, I love this topic so much because that's how I achieved great success myself as well as my own students. So it really, really works. And the best thing, it's free, right? You, organic is, well, not free. You spend time, but you don't spend money. And I'm a big advocate of don't spend money on ads unless you're already hitting 10K months with your business, right? Because before that, um, you have so much to figure out. You don't nail your messaging yet. You don't really know your ICA yet. You don't really know your pain points yet. You haven't really figured out how to speak to your audience unless you are already making decent money, right? So um, just a quick side note here, running ads, any kind of ads is not a replacement for trying to make something work what's not working in the first place. It's just an accelerant for something that is already working, right? So that's why we want to nail the organic strategies first. So, and Facebook is the gold mine for that, right? Like, of course, there's Instagram and there's LinkedIn and stuff like that, but not everyone is on LinkedIn and you cannot do all the things with Instagram, which you can do with Facebook. That's why Facebook is the number one place where everyone should be active and everyone should be getting clients from, right? Because, uh, yeah, it's just, just everyone is on there and there's so much opportunity to connect with people in many different ways. For example, groups and things. But in Instagram, you can only connect via messages or in the comment section and stuff. Facebook has like a whole different world behind it. You can really do SEO search. You can really connect with people. You can really dive so deep into everything uh, which other social platforms don't allow you to do now. 
Okay, very cool. Um, I want to hit on a couple points that you mentioned here, but um, just starting in, in the basics. So when you have a Facebook account, you're giving, I guess, three options, which would be your personal profile, your a page, a business page that you can create, and then a group. So which of those three or all of them are most important to have when you begin working Facebook? Yeah, the personal account, uh, obviously, number one, because without a personal account, you can't have a group or you can't have a page, right? Um, and then the group would be number two. And then number three would be the page because page is there to do business with, to run ads, right? But also, you can use many chat with pages. So that's why it's also very beneficial. Many chat is like a chatbot tool uh, which you can use to run live events. But it doesn't usually... It doesn't really, there's so many restrictions and stuff uh, because GDPR and this and that and Facebook changes all the time, the community standards, so many chat always needs to update too. And before you know it, you are like in Facebook jail because you didn't tag the person right with many chat and stuff like that. So it's not always working seamlessly and it can drive you up the wall because you spend a lot of time in it. But once you master it, it can actually be very beneficial. But that's why we have the other software uh, which you can utilize with your Facebook profile and you will not have those problems, yeah. Okay, and then, um, so we'll go through the other ones. You mentioned pages a little bit. Um, your personal profile, you know, a lot of people, um, and it wasn't until maybe in the past three months or six months that I started changing my personal profile over into more of a business strategy. A lot of people are still using their personal profile um, for, you know, personal use, posting photos and silly memes and stuff. Uh, what are your views on using that personal profile as more of a um, lead generation tool? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recommend this to all of my students because I think that's what we can use Facebook for. Facebook uses you, and I think you should spin around that game and you should start using Facebook for your benefit because if you use it for your social, like for your personal stuff, it just, I don't see any benefit for it. You know, it's like, yeah, you can, great, you can connect with people all over the world, but you can also give them your WhatsApp, right? It's a much more powerful tool to actually collect leads and make business from it versus going on there and maybe checking out what other people are doing, comparing yourself, feeling bad about it. Like after the social dilemma, I've watched the social dilemma on Netflix. It's like, dude, I'm like cutting ties with all of that. I don't have any <laughs> emotional connection to any of those social media platforms anymore. Like if they would, you know, cut me out and they did several times. I, I lost many accounts like Instagram and stuff. It's like, whatever, I'm fine with that. Um, but I wasn't always fine with that because I was emotionally so attached to it because of my friends and my personal life and yada, yada, yada. Whatever I thought, I put so much value on Facebook. I gave so much power away from within from myself to Facebook. Unbelievable. But it became really clear to me after I watched that Netflix uh, show, uh, The Social Dilemma, which I should uh, I highly recommend everyone to watch. And in that moment, I just, you know, became even more comfortable with, I just use Facebook to my own benefit, to my business's benefit, and to the benefit of obviously the clients I'm getting from there. Um, and that's it, right? So it's a goldmine and it's powerful that way. It's most beneficial to you that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, my my mentor helped me kind of see this and um, explained to me that you know I'm missing out a lot by not leveraging the platform to this advantage. And when I did, it really opened up a lot of doors. People um, started seeing more of my posts because 
people are going to see more of your personal profile posts and they're going to see like, a, say, a page. And so by um, changing my profile around, changing the banner and doing some other things on my profile, I've, you know, started attracting a lot more leads into my business. And it's been really a game changer. Um, are there any special um, strategies that you use on your personal profile that helps get more leads? Oof, yeah, there's loads. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so many things you can do. It really depends on what you're trying to achieve as well. So we always want to keep the end goal in mind. We always want to work backwards from there and be really strategic uh, about what we're doing. Like I see so many people, uh, you know, trying to use it for their business, but they have no idea what they're doing. So they are just like posting for the sake of they have something posted, but it doesn't necessarily lead anywhere and if it does there's like different holes in that funnel and things like that so you want to be really really clear crystal clear yourself on the end goal what are you trying to achieve this week or in the next month or so with your facebook profile and it obviously doesn't have to stay like that forever like for example i teach my students how to pre-sell their courses and coaching programs through challenge right and then we promote the challenge on facebook for 10 days to 14 days that's like the sweet spot uh, that you can still get people without them forgetting about you, <laughs> about that they've signed up for the challenge. And uh, yeah, you just, as you said, you change the cover picture of your profile, right? And you make it really clear who you are, what you do, in one liner, I call it, um, in one sentence. And then do different marketing strategies from there because people, if, you, if they are aware of your profile, um, they will go back to you like if they see you hanging out in different groups, posting either your own stuff or uh, if you're interacting in the comments or anything, right, then they will go back and they like it and they go back to your profile and then they will check out what, what does Jeremy do and then they will sign up for your thing. But obviously, again, throughout your whole personal profile, it needs to be crystal clear in like the first two seconds what you do. Don't confuse people. Don't put many links. Just put the one link, the end goal there, which is... In my case, what I teach my students, for example, the, the challenge, right, the work, workshops or the webinar, whatever, any lead magnet, whatever you're promoting in that moment, just make sure there's only one link where people can go to so they won't get confused, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And yours is a great example of that. So um, I've looked at your profile before and the way that you have it set up, it looks really nice. Um, the branding's on point. And like you said, when you look at your profile, you know exactly what you're teaching and who you're helping. And so it, it's easy for someone to come in and see your profile and say, hey, this is for me or this isn't for me. And uh, I think that that's uh, absolutely brilliant. So we've got we've got the pages, we have the Facebook personal profile, and then we have the groups. Um, why are groups important to you in this business so i don't really focus so much on oh i really need to have a really huge group of course creators and coaches business coaches right i rather just use it for when i need it meaning uh when i run a challenge for example i run the challenge off facebook i run it on zoom right to make sure it actually happens because last year i run a challenge and facebook shut me down just the day before for exactly the time of period when it was supposed to happen. So that's the key. That happened to many people too, right? So in order to avoid that, you want to make sure you run your workshops off Facebook on Zoom. But then I utilize the Facebook group to uh, for the people to share their homework, right? I put like week one, uh, not week because it's a challenge, day one, uh, you know, share your homework about this thing. Day two, share your homework about that thing. So people engage and share their 
it's like a place where we can socialize and interact. It's like kind of like my living room where I invite the people to talk and everyone else is obviously also in that Facebook group, right? Who didn't sign up for the challenge. So, but they still see there's interaction, there's stuff going on. Maybe they're missing out on something. And that way we can still try and get signups while we are running our challenge. Does that make sense? So, uh, more of, uh, for accountability. As well, but also to just hang out. Like that was one example, right, for the challenge, for example. But if I'm not running a challenge as like right now, I'm not running one, but then I'm still there and I'm still present. I still post engagement stuff and valuable stuff to just be there, be present. Because, um, you know, if someone unsubscribes from your email address, for example, they're not going to go and unfriend you or they're not going to go and leave your Facebook group all at once. If you still promote a new lead magnet or a new class or anything like that in your Facebook group and they are still there, the chance that they see this is really high. So they may opt in back if that's something valuable to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really cool. I hadn't thought about that before, but I guess that, that does make a lot of sense as you know, people may opt out and then later on down the road, a month or two later, they might see a new challenge or a new lead magnet that sparks their interest and it allows them to opt back into your list. So that's really cool. I hadn't thought about that. So something else I wanted to talk about on this episode uh, before we um, get close on time is, uh, you know, one reason why I found you and reached out to you is because I was looking for software um, to help manage uh, these Facebook contacts. Because as I said, as I began creating my uh, profile for my business and I've got my own personal group and I, now I'm having people reach out to me. I'm having conversations with them and it becomes very um, daunting to keep up with everyone. And I was using a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet's getting ridiculous um, yes. with you know uh, who this person is, when did I talk to them, what did we talk about and uh, it was becoming overwhelming and I started reaching out and finding different people. And I found you because you have a software um, that helps um, organize and it's kind of like a CRM for Facebook. Can you take a moment to kind of talk about that software and how it could help a course creator out there who's uh, generating leads on Facebook? Absolutely, yes. So uh, the software, as you already mentioned, turns your personal profile inbox into a mini CRM. That means you can label each conversation you have with a specific tag. For example, you know, traffic is cold, cold traffic, warm traffic, or hot traffic, right? There's different stages of people. A cold person is someone who doesn't know you, just came across you, and is just there and kind of knows about you. A warm lead is they're in your funnel, they're watching your videos, they're following your content, um, and that's it. And a hot person and hot lead is someone who is ready to buy now they have a really urgent problem you have the solution to the problem so that you know you must pay attention to them like right now because they're ready to to buy basically um you could also divide this into your own sales pipeline for example i have different tags in my back end for this particular lead magnet send for example i have a client on facebook free pdf um, that's one label for people who got that PDF. Then I have like 10 things to consider before you create an online course. Then the person who got that one, that PDF will then be labeled with 10 things, stuff like that. So you, that you just can keep track of who got what and where are they at in sales pipeline. Then the next step would obviously be a call or share the webinar link or your challenge link, whatever it is what uh, makes them, moves them from being cold to being warm, right? You can automate things, right? You can go in 
after you've labeled all your people, you can go in and if you have like leather posts and things like that, you can really, really uh, find targeted people who are your ID customers so you don't have to swift through so many different people and conversations which are actually not a good fit. So the software will help you to find people who are a good fit and then you can start a conversation from there. And then let's say if you have a Facebook group like you do, Jeremy, right, you could go in and you could run the software and you could say, everyone who's in my Facebook group, reach out to everyone and label them with the tag Facebook group member and send them an automatic friend request and send them a message, which is this thing. So you can create message templates as well and have different message templates for different tags, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome because, you know, messaging is so time consuming and it's it's something that you want to do and um, you can put your own personal touch on it, but to go in and message, you know, hundreds of people at a time can can be very, very time consuming. So it's really cool that it has that uh, automation aspect of the software where when you tag someone, uh, it can automatically send out a message. Um, I believe when we were talking in the past, you uh, gave another example, which I thought was really cool. And I think this this could help um, course creators or people who are running challenges, like you mentioned. I believe you said like, if you had say a 10 day challenge and you're on day one, you could tag the people in that challenge uh, as day one, and then it could send them a message and remind them like, hey, it's day one of the challenge, and this is what your homework is, and here's the video and so forth. And I thought that was a cool aspect of it too. Definitely, yes. So any kind of online event, challenges, webinars, masterclasses, online summits, anything, it will really increase the attendance rate of your event, which obviously means more profit and more lives changed, right? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so it's it's a really neat um, idea for software, and we'll make sure that we uh, link that up in the show notes also for people uh, who want to come and check it out. Um, I think it's a really great opportunity for anyone who's leveraging Facebook, um, especially if you are getting into um, high high ticket sale prices where you're offering coaching and consulting at a higher rate and you need to keep track of these conversations because it takes a while to warm people up and and to get them into um, buying or even scheduling a call with you. And so I feel like this is a really cool way to um, move them through that pipeline, as you mentioned, and get them to that point where they do want to purchase. Even if you send the link right for your calendar so they can book a sales call, many people just won't do it because whatever for whatever reason they're just busy, they forgot about it, they're just about to jump in the bus or whatever, right? They got distracted and forgot about it. That way you just really stay on top of your own game to follow up because the, the fortune is the follow-up, like they like to say, right? And it really is like that. And people will be super impressed by you that you have actually your act together and you're able to follow up. And people be like, Oh my god, how did you remember this? Right. So it's professional in every way as well. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about this podcast. This is what I have to do when I'm podcasting. Yeah. Um, I use a, a separate program called ClickUp. Um, that I've created these tags, just like you're talking about. I have to follow up where, um, did, did they fill out the application? Did I send them the link to schedule an appointment? Did they schedule an appointment? <laughs> did I give them the link to, you know, come on the call? So it's really cool. I'm, I'm thinking in my own head that I could use it for something like that, where I could keep track of people on Facebook on where they are in the, the podcasting application. So very versatile software. I think it's really cool. Um, I think people are going to love it and I can't wait to, you know, share it with the audience. 
audience. And again, I'll put them in the show notes. You can mention it at the end if you'd like where to find that software. But other than that, this has been a really cool call. Um, you are definitely uh, an expert in this field and, and I appreciate um, you taking your time to come on the podcast today and talk with us and share some of these strategies. Thinking about, um, I know you said, you know, one of the biggest mistakes new course creators make is they go and they make the course first before finding that market in the audience. But someone who's out there, who's who's in the beginning phases and who's struggling, or uh, maybe they have their course and they're struggling with their marketing and things just aren't happening the way that they would like for them to, what would be your best piece of advice you could give to that listener who's uh, checking out the podcast today? People just continuously have an issue with niching down, right? Which is just not the right way to do it because the only way how you can actually speak to the target audience in a perfect way that you you communicate the pain points properly so that they understand that you understand them, you can only achieve that through niching down and addressing that in your copy. So there might be a you know some something off with your copy and with your messaging, that's for sure. Um, because if you would be really clear with it, people would respond to it, right? Okay, very cool. And I know you said in the beginning that, you know, you were in Australia and you really wanted to start traveling and you got to go out and do that for a while. Um, and you, your business has come so far and you're doing some really great things online now. Looking out in the next year, two years or five years, where would you like to see your business moving forward? Oh, I love it, Jeremy. Good question. Um, we are actually launching another software hopefully next month, which um, is a full-blown CRM for coaches, which does many, many, many things. So I'm really looking forward to growing that over the next year and to be one of the market leaders for to serving coaches and to get their marketing much better and organized. Yeah, so that's the vision for the next year. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Tina, thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. And if people are interested in learning about your CRM software or they want uh, help with coaching or they would like to find out more about you and what you're doing, where can they do that online? Yeah. So thank you very much for having me, Jeremy. It was my pleasure. Um, so yeah, people can find me uh, probably through Facebook, obviously Tina Darman is my name. And then my website, tinadarman.com, D-A-H-M-E-N. Um, and the software is called clientsonfb.com. You can check that out. And yeah, if you're interested in, you know, getting your coaching package up and selling more of those and running your courses and get to organic five-figure months, so that's the promise, then feel free to reach out on Facebook and let me know about that and we can have a chat. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I just hope you continue with the success and I hope your new software turns out great. And I look forward to talking to you more in the future. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, happy course creation, everyone out there. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today, Tina. You can find out more about her and her business by visiting tinadaman.com. Or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash 57. Keep working hard, everyone, and take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. 
If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.